Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to FSU Coach Live. My name is Tim Baghurst, and this afternoon's guest is Jake Von Scheer. He's the Director of Athletic Enrichment at McClay School. He's nodding his head because I got his name right. Uh, and also the president of FIAAA. Jake, thank you for joining me on the show. If you wouldn't mind, just give a brief background of how you got into these positions. Oh, well, thanks, Tim. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I'm a career uh, health and PE educator and coach. I uh, was born and raised in the great state of Oregon and uh, spent uh, you know 10 or 12 years climbing uh, the educational ladder. Um, you know played uh, football and track in college and uh, you know injuries and a lack of talent uh, kept me out of the NFL. So uh, very quickly I got on the coaching track and uh, just found out uh, I was pretty good at it. Found out I really enjoyed it, and couldn't believe that you know I got paid to do this uh, to coach kids and uh, and go to practices and games. So again, kind of climbed the ladder uh, in uh, Oregon high schools, uh, small school uh, head coach. I wanted to be a head coach by the time I was thirty, and I got my first head coaching job when I was twenty five years old, and wow. uh, was excited. And but at the same time. Uh, didn't uh, know what I didn't know, and it, it took me, uh, you know, many years to to realize that. But again, had some fun. Um, ended up coaching uh, junior college in Oregon uh, for five years, and then uh, you know, it, met my wife, who's also a career coach and teacher, um, and we both kind of got on the college coaching carousel, and that took us uh, from Oregon to Missouri to uh, Vermont. Uh, to uh, San Jose, California, and Arkansas, wow. and uh, loved every minute of it, but it, it was kind of a gypsy uh, existence, and uh, our kids were getting to the point, our youngest was getting ready to, to go into the ninth grade, and we just thought, uh, you know, we need to settle down uh, and put some roots down, and fortunately, there was a small school in South Florida, Coral Springs Christian Academy. They were looking for an AD and a head football coach, 
They were also looking for a girls PE teacher and a cross country coach, which my wife was. And uh, we ended up in South Florida and have been in Florida for um, most of these last 20 years. Um, no longer coach, uh, but, uh, you know, spent a, a long time in Florida as the athletic director, you know, currently at the McClay School in Tallahassee uh, in a brand new position. And as you mentioned, uh, this year, uh, I'm also the president of the FIAAA, which is the Florida Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association, uh, our state association for ADs. So uh, that's, uh, that's a long story, uh, hopefully not too long. No, I, I, I'm curious because you, you've obviously moved around a lot and not just within one state. You've moved from, I mean, literally from east to west coast or, or west to east coast. Talk about a little bit about some of the decision making that goes into that, because I think for a lot of coaches, they tend to want to stay where they grew up or stay in their, their locale or their state. You were willing to expand your horizons to some extent. What was the rationale for, for doing that? Well, um, initially, uh, you know, as a young, you know, teacher and coach coming out of uh, college, uh, back then it was, you know, geez, I, I just want a job. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you took pretty much any job and you coached whatever was thrown your way. Uh, so I've coached just about everything except baseball and cheerleading uh, in my time. And, you know, moving in Oregon, uh, I remember that that first job I told you about, my first head coaching job, had a great year, uh, great kids, small town in eastern Oregon, uh, which is actually where I was born, and uh, and we just loved it. Uh, however, uh, they had a bad wheat crop that year, and three teachers were let go, and I was one of those three, last hired, you know, first fired. Um, the next year, uh, that very next year, I got hired as a health teacher and an assistant coach at a uh, logging uh, timber community in Oregon. And the same thing at the end of that year, just loved it, uh, had some great coaches uh, to work with. Uh, but, you know, I was out looking for a job, uh, found a job at another small school. I was head coach again, this time in a small fishing community on the Oregon coast and uh, just loved it. Um, this past weekend, I had dinner with one of my former players. I hadn't seen him in 33 years. He ended up wow. in Tampa, Florida. Um, and so again, just a great time, but, um, bad, uh, fish, uh, harvest that year. And so teachers were let go. So sometimes those moves are, are out of your control. Um, at the same time, um, I was able, as, as I mentioned, I started coaching collegiately, which is something I, I really wanted to do. And that's, uh, a, a much more, or can be a much more nomadic lifestyle, uh, than, than say high school coaches. Some of my best friends, uh, have been teaching for their 35, 36, almost 40 years like me. And it's all been at the same school. And when, uh, th they and I kind of uh, chuckle from time to time, uh, cause they'll say, Jake, I'm so jealous. You've seen the entire country and you've done all these incredible things. And I go right back at him. I go, well, I'm kind of jealous of you. I've always, you know, admired people that stayed at one school and built a program and built a legacy and are coaching the kids of the kids that they coach. So uh, there's a lot of different experiences out there in our profession. And I think you just have to find one that, that fits you. I didn't look to travel, but I wasn't against it. I, I wasn't mm. against trying a, a new opportunity. Mm. You're, <coughs> excuse me, you're the director of athletic enrichment right now. 
I've not heard of that title before. Can you tell us a little bit about what that title is and what some of your roles and responsibilities are? Well, I was very fortunate to uh, be the director of athletics at McClay uh, for four years. Um, had a tremendous uh, head of school, James Milford. Uh, by his own definition, you know, he is uh, uh, not a jock, but certainly he understands and appreciates the value that the athletic experience brings to a student, uh, and not just the competitive experience, the fan experience as well, being able to go to games and, and cheer on your friends from uh, classes or clubs. So um, also at McClay, um, we have and, and still do just some tremendous, I would dare say the best coaches that I've ever been around uh, at the high school level, you know, true teacher coaches that understand that as important as, as practice is and as important as that game is, uh, they are still at McClay uh, to get a world-class education and go on to college. Um, pretty much 100% of our graduates every single year are going to their first choice college. And that includes, you know, IVs, service academies, you name it, across the board. Um, very few of them continue to compete at the collegiate level, but they leave McClay with a tremendous high school experience. And I think that's our number one goal is to provide these kids with a great high school experience. If they have the talent, if they have the desire to continue playing collegiately, we're in a good place to help make that happen. Uh, but again, they have to, have to want it. This year, uh, I've got a brand new role. I'm uh, the director of athletic enrichment. We have a brand new athletic director, Harold Hilliard. Um, we have uh, a new assistant AD, uh, Lance Raymer, who's also our head football coach. And we also have uh, a brand new position. We have a middle school athletic director, uh, and that's Mr. Raphael Harris, who's a longtime PE teacher and longtime uh, girls basketball coach for us, stepping down from coaching to uh, uh, directly work with our middle school teams. My role is to simply, you know, work with these three uh, great teachers and, uh, as I said, help them provide our students with a great high school experience. Uh, some of it is maybe through staff development and coaches' education. Some of it is through uh, promotion, promoting our teams, promoting our programs. Uh, I'm fortunate that, uh, that my boss – uh, you know, help create this uh, position for me. And uh, it's just been a blast to uh, explore and stretch and uh, see what we can do for our kids, for our uh, coaches and our teams. Mm. You've been a, a high school coach. You've been a college coach. You've been an athletic director. Uh, now you're in this this new role, which I think is is something you're figuring out as well as, as a first year in this title. What are some of the things that, that you've learned along the way that, you, that are just valuable for people working in sports? You know, um, I, I mentioned earlier, I was a head football coach at a very young age and thought I knew it all, uh, and which I, I think is okay. But the other side of that coin is you just don't know what you don't know. Right. And, um, you know, you, you make a lot of mistakes and hopefully that uh, adds to your experience. I think the single, you know, biggest uh, nugget that I would share with people is listen. 
um, you know, seek out people with experience, you know, seek out the best in those areas, you know, seek out the best teacher at your school. You know, maybe it's the uh, AP calculus teacher, you know, maybe it's uh, that person that teachers uh, teaches uh, uh, agriculture and uh, VOAG, but find those best teachers and just say, hey, you know, what do you do in your classrooms? What do you do with your kids? You know, how do you organize your day? Uh, surround yourself with good people. And I certainly learned that over the course of my career is that as a head coach or as an AD, you know, I'm not going to do this. Uh, I'm not going to do it alone and find those good people. And again, listen to them. Um, when I first uh, came on campus at McClave, um, now five years ago, I approached it differently than I had at some of my other stops as an AD. Uh, the first thing I did at McClay was I just sent out an email to all of the coaches, head coach, middle school coach, you name it, and just said, hey, I'm just so happy to be here. Uh, I'm here all summer because I started July 1st. Please come by my office. You know, I just like to say hi. And um, the head coaches came in. And the very first thing I said to them was, how can I make your job easier? What can I do to make your job more fun? I don't want to tell you how to coach. Obviously, you're at McClay. You know how to do that. But you know what can I do to make your job more fun? And it wasn't that the previous AD had not done that or, or had done a poor job of that, but no one had never mentioned that to these folks. And so they were very appreciative. Oh, wow, you know, this guy, he, he wants to help us. And that just made things so much uh, easier. Um, and I, I say without hesitation that the, you know, the, my four years as an AD at McClay were the best four years of my professional career. And I've had some pretty good success along the way. Yeah. It's interesting that you talk about fun because a lot of times we see athletics, we see sports and it's all about competition and it's about winning and, and fun comes from being successful, not necessarily from the day in day out grind that we have to go through in order to to see some of that success. Um, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. It just made me think as a football coach a couple of stops ago, actually, when we first moved to Florida, I had heard this at a clinic and it just became part of my mantra. I would say it to the kids every single day. And it was kind of a, a sing-songy thing that we would go through. And to this day, those players, they can still say the entire thing. I would say, Football is, and they would all yell, fun. And then I would say, but winning, they would say, is more fun. And what we had told the kids is, you know, football, when we say football, we're talking about practice. We're talking about wind sprints. We're talking about the weight room. We're talking about hitting the sled. We're talking about getting knocked down and getting back up again. Um, that's football. And football is fun. But winning is more fun. And so we're going to do the things that winners do. We're going to come to practice every day on time. We're going to um, work hard. We're going to help our teammates. You know, we're going to be a positive person. You know, we're not going to cut our teammates down. We're going to build them up because that's how we're going to help them become winners, which will help us become winners. And, and remember, football is fun, but winning is more fun. So uh, you're right. Uh, you you really have to um, you know find that fun aspect of your job or it's just a job. All right. So let me ask you then, if I can put you on the spot a little bit, what examples, when you, when you told those coaches, what can I do to make your job more fun? 
what kind of things came out or what kind of things did you do to, to make it more fun for your coaches? Well, let's see. Um, at the time, there was a um, somewhat cumbersome process to submit all the el eligibility documentation with our state association, the FHSAA. And, you know, all of our coaches, they're either, you know, teaching, got a full teaching load, or they're working out in the community. Um, I'm just the athletic director. I'm not teaching during the day. So I, I told them, um, I'm going to do all of that. You give me your roster. I'll do the legwork of finding out, you know, is Billy eligible? And of course he's eligible to McClay. You know, these are good students. Um, but I'll get that turned in. Uh, I wanted them to really feel like all they had to do, and that all is probably in air quotes, all they had to do was coach. You know, have your practice plan. Yeah, you got to communicate with the parents, you know, excuse me, send out that weekly email. But um, let me do those mundane things that have to be done, but are really not the fun part of coaching. Um, fundraising, you know, we don't want our coaches out, you know, schlepping um, uh, magazine ads or, you know, cookies or whatever it is. You know, we want them coaching. Uh, and we're fortunate to have a development office. And, you know, each team has a couple of booster parents that kind of do that. And we're reworking that model right now. But um, just all the things that I think have traditionally been dumped on coaches. Oh, by the way, you have to, uh, yeah. uh, well, like maintain your part of the website, post your scores and do mm -hmm. write-ups and things like that. Coaches shouldn't have to do that. You know, if they want to, Hey, that's fine. Go ahead. But give me your content. Give me some bullet item, bullet points and I'll create an article for you to promote your team, promote your kids. And again, take something off your plate so you can have the fun part of coaching. Hmm. I don't want to be remiss of the fact that you hold another role beyond working at McClay, and that is being the president of the FI AAA. For, for those not familiar with Florida, that, that's kind of overseeing the athletic administration, athletic directors, if that makes sense. Um, I'll let you explain it a little bit, but, but talk about why this is important, because a lot of times as coaches, athletic directors, anybody working in sports, it's easy to get isolated or be in a situation where you don't have the support within your school to, to get the maybe the training, the education, the advice that you need. Can you explain a little bit about what the FIAAA is? And then what does a president do in that role? Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, the FIAAA, which stands for the Florida Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association, is the you know Florida version of our national uh, organization, NIAAA. And what the FIAAA does, we really don't oversee our athletic directors, but as you know, Dr. Baggers mentioned, we are there as a resource. Um, when the organization was first started, it was more of, and the older ADs will tell you this, it was more of a social organization. Each year, have a end-of-the-year conference and get together. Well, it's much, much more than that. Um, it is very much a professional education, professional development, and networking uh, organization. Uh, every year at our state conference, we offer uh, coursework that leads to certification from our national organization. We also offer close to 30 different workshops 
uh, presented by ADs, by superintendents, by athletic trainers, uh, you know, the biggest names in our business, if you will, um, as a way for ADs to find out those best practices that they can take back to their schools and begin using with their coaches uh, and their communities. Uh, my involvement uh, with FIAAA began um, 12 years ago uh, when I had moved from Coral Springs Christian uh, down to uh, Palmer Trinity School in Miami as their athletic director. And I had, before I had known the FIAAA had existed, but really hadn't participated. I was a head football coach who was also an AD. Well, at my new school, I'm now the athletic director, and I had an opportunity to take one of the courses, and I was immediately hooked and, um, you know, began taking other um, national courses online. Um, I qualified and sat for and passed the uh, first level of certification, which is called the Certified Athletic Administrator. You know, there's a national test that you have to take. And then over the next couple of years, uh, began developing uh, a couple of programs at Palmer Trinity that turned into my project that had to be approved to become uh, a CMAA, a Certified Master Athletic Administrator, which uh, as a member of now, I'm on the certification committee for the national organization. Uh, I tell people, and it sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, but I'm patting everybody else on the back. Uh, only about 4% of high school athletic directors and middle school athletic directors in the country have a CMAA. So it's quite an elite uh, status. We're all very proud of that. At the state level, um, I volunteered to be on committees. I volunteered to present workshops, um, have taught courses, and eventually you, you kind of get on a track. You're a committee vice chair, you're a committee chair. Um, you know, maybe you are, um, you have a designation as an at-large director representing a part of the state. And then um, um, if you are interested and, and um, qualified, I guess, you become the vice president and then the president-elect, and then you become the president. So uh, the president-elect probably has one of the more challenging offices in that every year they're required to organize the state conference. So they have to come up with uh, workshops. They have to arrange for the classes that are going to be taught. They have to find a keynote speaker, coordinate with a hotel. Uh, our convention's always in Orlando or almost always in Orlando, uh, and make sure the conference comes off. Uh, as the president, um, you're really, I think, the, um, the I don't want to say figurehead, but uh, you are. You know, you're the face of the organization, and um, I get to plan our four um, uh, meetings that we have for our board of directors that kind of lead up to our state conference in May. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have our September board meeting. We're doing it through Zoom. Uh, this coming uh, Saturday. So we'll have about 40 athletic directors from around the state, um, you know, committee chairs, officers, et cetera. And we'll be meeting for probably about a total of five, five and a half hours online. Wow. All right, a couple of things in there that you mentioned, I think are worth, uh, worth reinforcing. And one was you engaged in professional development, right? You got involved. You didn't just, well, here I am. I'm just going to stay here and, and use what I already know. And then the second one was you mentioned volunteering and both of those require an action verb on your part. 
that you don't have to do. Uh, yet here you did it. And because of that, you've also seen not only benefiting your your day to day job in athletics, but also um, professionally as well in the in the organization. Well, uh, again, it's um, it, it's so very true that uh, you get out of something what you put into something. You know, we're always asking our students, our student athletes, you know, come on, you got to try, you got to invest, you got to want to do mm. this. And as teachers and coaches, I, I think you have to uh, want to do the same thing. Um, as a young coach, I was a climber. You know, I wanted to be that head coach. I wanted to be head coach at a bigger school. I wanted to coach collegiately. And I knew there were things that I had to do mm -hmm. um, to make that happen. Um, when I took that first uh, course uh, back in 2012, uh, the individuals uh, that were leading it, one of them is uh, Dan Como. He's a longtime AD at Treasure Coast High School here in Florida. He's been retired for a couple of years, but he still sits on our board. I mean, I could see his passion for teaching other ADs. I could see and hear his passion for the job. And, and I, I remember saying to myself, you know, I, I want to be like him. Okay. I mean, I was whatever. I think I was probably 41 or 42 at the time. Um, maybe a little bit older, but, um, I, I just, yeah, I, I want to be like that. And as you take the courses and sit in the workshops, uh, each year, they're being presented by their people, just like us, you know, educators, ADs, but they're doing such a phenomenal job that you, you just got to say to yourself, you know, geez, I think number one, I can do that. But number two, I want to mm -hmm. do and so it was easy for me to say, you know, hey, um, you know, I've got an idea or this is something we do at our school that I think would be a great workshop. And the response was, wow, that's great. You know, let's sign you up. Uh, and if, if you don't take that first step, they might ask you, they might hear about you through other uh, avenues. But uh, if you're just starting out, um, how are they going to hear about you? You know, make yourself available. Um, volunteer. Looking at an athletic director in today's world, and I, I know 2020 is an unusual situation, but but just looking in general, what are some of the the challenges, the pitfalls, the things that athletic directors or those who want to become athletic directors, those who want to be coaches, need to need to be cognizant about, need to be thoughtful about when they're entering this profession? Because I, I get students, right, who come in, I want to be a coach. I want to be an athletic director. I want to be the next Nick Saban. Okay, let's. that's great. Now let's talk about the realities of what it's going to take in order for you to get there. I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying you won't. I'm saying here's what you have to do. Here are the things you need to be aware of when, when, when you say this is really what you want to do. Uh, but, but based on your experiences, what have you seen where, where coaches or athletic directors have maybe struggled because of things they did or didn't do? Well, um, the, the job, even coaching now, um, there's so much more to it than 100 years ago when I first became a coach. <laughs> um, I mean, number one, I think I already mentioned it. Um, you know, if you were hired as a a PE teacher, a math teacher, or something at a school. And, and that's where coaches came from. They didn't have community coaches or walk-on coaches back then. Um, they said, okay, you know, you can be an assistant football coach, 
but I also, you're going to coach girls basketball. You're going to do uh, track and field. And you would say, okay, because you wanted the job. And nowadays I, I think that has become somehow less common. Um, you know, people don't want to, I don't think there's any other word for it, pay, pay their dues uh, being an assistant coach. I interviewed a young man uh, last year, um, you know, nice resume, um, you know, in a perfect position to be an entry level coach, you know, a middle school assistant coach. Mm -hmm. And he was actually insulted, you know, middle school, I, I'm varsity. Uh, and so just, I think being willing to, however you want to start it, you know, climb the ladder, pay your dues, start at the bottom. If you're fortunate enough to get offered a position as a JV head coach or as a varsity assistant, by all means, uh, take it. But, uh, that might not be, you know, the opportunity that first presents itself to you. Um, the other thing is that there's so much more to it than just showing up at practice and having the kids come over and saying, okay, you know, let's start practice. Um, the communication that is required uh, these days, um, you know, with parents, like it or not, parents are much more involved this year or this year, uh, these days than uh, back in the day. Um, you need to be able to articulate to a parent in a professional way, um, you know, what your, or in many cases, the school's mission is, um, you know, and it, it's not a right, wrong, good or bad. It's just, what do you do? You know, what does your school do? Are you saying that at the middle school level, we're out to hang banners in the gym. We want to have, you know, a dozen middle school league champion banners in our gym. That's not a bad thing, but if it's what your philosophy is as a school, as an AD, and now you as a coach, you need to articulate that to a parent so they can understand why you're going to cut kids from a middle school team or why Billy or Sally isn't playing in this game because it's your school's philosophy that you want to hang banners. Again, there, there's nothing wrong with that, but if your mission and your philosophy is to, let's choose middle school again, uh, develop kids, uh, present fundamental skills, make it a fun experience, then you need to make sure that your coaches understand that and more importantly, carry it out. Okay. You can yell from the rooftops as an AD, you know, we're fundamentals and we're fun and we're going to play everybody. But if your coach isn't doing that, okay, they're kind of uh, cutting you off at the ankle. So make sure your coach understands. And, and I have had this conversation with our middle school coaches. We are not hanging any championship banners. Okay, We are not celebrating an undefeated season. That's not our goal. If we win, that's great. But over the course of the season, every single kid on your roster, and we keep the roster small, we keep them about 10 to 12 for basketball. And if we have more than that, we're going to add a B team. And then we're going to add a C team. And we'll just keep adding teams and coaches if we have that many kids. We're not going to cut at the middle school level. Uh, and I'm not trying to put a halo on myself or, or say that's the way you should do it. What I'm saying is, as a coach, you need to communicate your mission and then carry out that mission. Otherwise, as a coach, uh, as a head coach of that program and as an athletic director, you are going to be 
trying to put out a lot of fires that probably could have been avoided. Does that make sense? It does. And I, and I could say you could flip it as well. And, you know, a coach may be invested in the kids and developing their skills and, and having fun. But if the athletic director doesn't have that model and they're the ones who want to hang banners and they're the ones who want to have their name in lights, there's also that danger of uh, a conflict, not necessarily of interest, but a conflict of philosophy. So it's important, I think, for athletic directors and coaches when they interview to find out whether those philosophies are going to mesh because you don't want to make a move with your family across the country or state and find out, well, this isn't what I had planned. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, we interviewed uh, a varsity head coach uh, a few years ago at McClay, and you know we had those very conversations uh, even before the official interviews. Um, mm -hmm. Candidates would call me because I was the contact person, and uh, you know I, I would tell them, this is what we're looking for, somebody that you know, wants to do this, not somebody who's going to do it, somebody that wants to do it. And uh, you know, the person that we ended up hiring has done a fantastic job, has followed through and embraced and even expanded on many of the things that we talked about in not just coaching that let's say championship varsity team, but developing a championship program that encompasses our grades, which is, you know, sixth, seventh and eighth in middle school, but also reaching even further down into our lower school with clinics and skill days. And, you know, those are the coaches that we're looking for. Those are gold. Mm -hmm. I want to be cognizant of your time, but I, I do have one more question, which, which kind of hovers around ethics. Because it's one of the, the big reasons that there are problems in sports to some extent, where, where coaches are making maybe judgment calls that they shouldn't. Athletic directors can, can definitely do the same. And so when we see sometimes a coach's name in lights or, or a school's name in lights, it's, it can be for the wrong reasons. And I'm, I'm wondering what 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 strategies have you used in as, as an athletic director to ensure or help coaches in in helping them make the right decisions or helping them have rules to follow that allow them that inhibit wrong decisions from being made does that make sense no it, it makes sense and i think it goes back to what uh, one of the things that you just mentioned is you know make sure you're hiring the right people okay mm -hmm. um we are, again, very blessed at McClay to have a head of school who understands and values, you know, the athletic experience. And he does a tremendous job of, let's say, having my back, you know, when a, a parent, as parents will, uh, call up and complain about a coach or even, you know, heaven forbid, complain about the AD. Um, the, the first thing he says is, you know, have you talked to Jake about this? Okay. And most of the time they haven't. Sometimes they just wanted to vent. But 90% um, of those calls to him, I never hear about. Uh, sometimes he'll give me a call and say, hey, you know, expect a call from so-and-so. And he doesn't ask me what it's about. Uh, he trusts me to do that. And I have those same types of conversations with the head coaches. You know, hey, you know, uh, I'm here. I've got your back. And in situations where, you know, a parent has come into my office, um, you know, whether they're yelling and screaming or whether they're just very professional about it, uh, no matter what 
they say the discussion is about, it almost always ends up being about playing time, or in this case, a lack of playing time for their kid. Um, and so th th to let them vent, to say, hey, I appreciate you coming in, but, you know, these are coaches' decisions, and, you know, this is, you know, how we roll. Um, um, unless the coach has done something completely egregious, which, you know, there's been maybe one or two times where, you know, I have to say, well, this is the first I've heard about it. You know, please let me get in touch with Coach Smith and I will get back to you. So I call up Coach Smith. Hey, I just, you know, heard this, you know, what's going on? And most of the time it's something that's been blown very much out of proportion. Uh, but when it hasn't been, um, you know, that's when you know, I have to say, well, hey, you know, I, I think we need to, you know, walk back on this. And sometimes that's the coach giving them a call. It always involves me following up with them. Um, you know, as far as putting kids out there that um, are not eligible or putting a kid out there that's injured, that shouldn't be playing against doctor, you know, we have not had anything like that. Um, but and we don't talk about, you know, you better not do that specifically, but I think we do preach uh, about, you know, doing things the right way, doing things uh, the McClay way that winners do. Um, and when something like that does happen, let's say at another school in another state, um, I'll always copy that link and I'll send it to our coaches with the tagline, Hey, you know, thank goodness that, you know, we don't see this at McClay. Thank you coaches for doing such a great job. Um, so we just try to reinforce that this is how we roll. Mm -hmm. I, I recognize that a lot of people will watch this after the fact and not live, and maybe they have questions for you. What is the best way for them to reach you? Maybe if they want to know more or have questions about being an athletic director in Florida. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the best way is my email and that's, uh, J Von Shear at mcclay.org. Well, I'm, I'm going to spell that for those who are listening to the podcast. That's J-V-O-N-S-C-H-E-R-R-E-R -R -R -E -R at mcclay. Mcclay is M-A-C-L-A-Y.org. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me and, and sharing a little bit of your wisdom and, and experiences. And I hope those watching have, have found it useful as well. Uh, of course, we, we try to have these every week. And so I hope if you're new to this, don't forget to subscribe. We'll be back next week with more guests as we continue this FSU Coach Live and this learning opportunity. But on behalf of myself, uh, Tim and, and Jake, thank you so much for watching. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Educational AD Podcast. I want to remind you that the Zoom recording of this interview is also available on YouTube on the Educational AD channel. Thanks again for listening.